Hello, I'm Rob Hirschfeld, CEO and co-founder of RackN and your host for the Cloud 2030 podcast. In this episode, we talk about the talent pipeline, and we really work through this idea of boot camps and how we are building talent and skills for the generation of IT workers uh, and wondering, are degrees necessary? Can you teach these things quickly? How do we actually learn the skills that are necessary to build resilient systems? And what would it look like if we were creating certification programs, real certification programs, like we have in other trades? Uh, that's a lot to cover, and I think it was an excellent discussion that you will enjoy. Thanks. You know, I think everybody acknowledges we need we need to figure out how we're going to create talent. Um, there's been a, a huge, you know, dust up over Basecamp. Um, that we could use as as, as a topic um, where Basecamp decided they didn't want politics at work. And it created huge reverberations about two months ago. Um, I haven't heard anybody mention them lately. And we don't have to talk about it, but the topics that we have is, is remote working going to be, you know, the, the new thing? Are people actually going to go back? Um, we have co-working with AI as a seed idea. Um, and also we're training a ton of people. I've, I made a comment about this on Twitter. It, it feels like we're in Y2K, um, training people again with boot camps. Like if you can, you know, if you can type Cordy, then we're going to train you to be a programmer, um, in a boot camp. And, and I don't know yet if that's, um, you know, flooding, flooding people through, uh, programs is going to create. The talent pool that we need or not. Um, and so out of those sort of four ideas or questions, um, I think there's an interesting discussion around the future of tech talent. It's sort of the, um, and as usual, I would turn it over to whoever has the most burning desire to have an opinion about those things in the middle. I'm, I mostly have a question and that is to what degree are any of you aware that the, not just the boot camps, but the training programs, the Udemy's and mm. um, so forth, who are issuing certificates of some sort, how are their graduates doing with respect to getting uh, appropriate employment? Any sense of that? I can give you two comments. The first is not as well as you would think. Mm -hmm. And the questions about the level of quality of their qualifications is also coming to be an issue. Can you expand upon that? Yes. Now, I, I want to precursor my comments by telling you that I was invited to review um, the National Academy of Engineers, Science, Medicine, whatever, whatever group, um, a paper written by the MIIs. I don't know if that term is familiar to you, but it's the universities in the United States that work or are given grant money through DOD. Uh, to look at 
um, all aspects of education with regard to manufacturing, supply chain, industry, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So I've been part of this process through Georgia Tech for the last eight months. I can't tell you specifically what's, what's coming out in that document because of NDA, but what I can tell you is there is large there is a large number of questions being asked not only by the military industrial complex in the US and the government but also by industry pushing that thread to say that the Udemy's of the world and the Coursera's of the world are not well enough qualified to be granting certification because when the rubber hits the road the job creation numbers are low hmm. So I would preface the comment with that. The second is I hear tell from a lot of large companies in and outside of manufacturing that they are not um, the candidates who are applying for the job when they're doing their technical testing don't make the grade. In probably 40% of the cases, I just had to stop and check the percentage from the document. Wow. Do you do you think that's a a measure of candidates or training? Like do you know do you have a, this I mean, the answer's got to be both, but is there a ratio? Yeah, the ratio is that the candidates are fine. Okay. So it's it's more like 6 80 20. It's the level of um, information that they're getting. Now, one of the best examples that I can draw is from things like VR and AR, which are widely used in, in automotive and, you know, it was part of Boeing's plan, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm looking at partly manufacturing, but also partly things like finance and banking, where the hands-on is so lacking from the online courses that they cognitively understand the topic, but they can't actually execute. Yeah. The touch is what's missing. So you had all these groups, and there's a new one now. Uh, Google just partnered with Coursera to offer certification in cloud architecture, of all things, oh, wow. without okay. the touch yeah. feel yeah. necessarily yeah. being upfront or too much of the touch feel being upfront and not enough of the theory being behind it. I'm really curious in that class. I'll take a look at that. Just cloud architecture in general. It's uh, I was going to have a comment on that. But in my experience early in my career, a lot of the companies I worked for offered generally between two and three weeks of in-classroom training, uh, technical training, like from different vendors or whatever. Um, that seemed to have disappeared 10 or 15 years ago. Uh, about a year ago, I was interviewing people for a position, a technical networking position, and the resumes looked really good, but five or six of them totally failed the 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 interview. I mean, couldn't they looked really good on paper, but they couldn't answer basic like subnetting questions. It was really frightening to see the resume versus what they their actual knowledge was. Um Mm -hmm. I, I totally agree with you. I, I think this is part of the issue. And, you know, as a contributor to and then reviewer of this massive document, which is really quite frightening, 
um, because my comments dealt mostly with workforce displacement caused by automation, robotics, robotics, et cetera. Um, but to read the rest of it and how these organizations relate to industry is really frightening about not only the quality of the training of the workforce, but where they estimate that workforce is going to achieve its largest um, economic advantage, if you will. Hmm. I think so many. I, I don't mean that. Pardon? Oh, I think so Go many ahead. companies now expect so many of us to do self-training. So that's yeah. a little bit of a challenge because it's it's not just only the time involved. It's like certifications is expensive, and classrooms sure. some of them require. Uh, classroom prerequisites, and these are you know two three thousand dollar classes for a week. So getting industry training is difficult. Cloud architecture. I'm really curious about the Google. In my opinion, cloud architects require background in routers, firewalls, switches, storage, just the whole gamut of IT infrastructure. I have a funny suspicion that the the Google architecture class is just how to configure Google Cloud services. I would not consider that a cloud architect at all. Uh, neither would I. And, you know, the other interesting thing that I just learned about, which maybe you might have heard of as well, was that in June or the beginning of July, uh, Open EDX was sold. It's no longer a, a nonprofit. It's now been sold. And there's no, you know, it's not going to be, um, you know, take a course from MIT or take a course from Stanford or whatever any longer. And it blew me away. And my experience with Coursera, some of the classes, this is probably true with any, uh, some of the classes on Coursera are extremely good and some of them are a little iffy. Yeah, I would well, agree. We're, we're seeing this with a lot of tech media. It's getting acquired and, and conglomerated up. Um, and so... Yeah, I think some of these are becoming media destination locations, um, which is maybe a little bit off track, but I, I don't think maybe it's not because I think the question is, how do we get, how do we train people on these, these topics? Uh, it, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to ask you, are any of you aware of any of the big players by, and that goes across a lot of, a lot of territory who are actually doing um, basically their own in-house certification programs, uh, apprentice programs, mm. things that are closer to what is now fairly common in, in the EU and particularly in Scandinavia and in Germany. Any, any sense of that? IBM, Intel, I believe, and I'm not 100% sure of this, um, GM and Ford do also. Mm -hmm. I know that but I know, Ford do, yeah. Pardon me? I know that GM and Ford do that. I'm, I'm wondering about, you know, the, um, you know, the bigs that are still, well, you know, for example, I would have, I would have expected um, HPE, I would have expected perhaps Dell, I would have looked to all of the um, 
hyperscalers that are in cloud. I mean, Amazon, the fact that Amazon doesn't show up in any of this is a little bit, um, if not troubling, at least it's curious. Yeah, no, I, I I would suspect Amazon does because they offer the courses out. I know, you know, um, not only from my own experience with IBM, but from those that I know that are still there. Anytime you want to enrich your skills by by taking a course, they have it in-house and they actually use it as a uh, test bed for what they offer publicly that people pay through the nose for. Um, in Intel's case, I can tell you also, they had a real problem a few years ago hiring graduates, like people fresh out of college, who mm -hmm. they ended up dropping within the first three months of their employment. And the ratio was very high. Wow. Like 38%. I'm sorry, because who, they could, who was this, Joanne? Intel. Intel. Yeah. So were they... Were they were they lacking the skills, lacking the attitudes, lacking? They were lacking skills, but they were also lacking the, the basic business skills to be able to be functional employees. Hmm. It's interesting. There was a, um, I, I interviewed uh, him on the podcast now long enough ago that I'm, I'm not going to remember the name offhand. It, he was, he had a, a veterans training program, a veterans code uh, program. Darian, Darius, um, and about half of the program was actually business skills, right? How to how to interact in a business setting and translate the excellent training you get in the military to, you know, what does what of that works and what doesn't work in a business right. setting. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, th this is a general problem, though, right? If there's there's a degree of of mentorship of coming up through the ranks in these in in companies and learning how to behave in in some of these settings that's also an important part of you know that this is let me try and put this thought together coding boot camp might teach you to code is it also teaching you how to work tickets how to be part of a team how to collaborate on on this because all this stuff is team sport and so you could you could be like all right i'm going to write some python and not not actually know how to work in a, on a team, mm -hmm. right? I'm, I'm not sure college teaches you that either, though. So it doesn't. And I think I think that you know part of this study, and and I was I have to say, and I'm a little reluctant to say it, but I have to say that from the get go that I was approached to participate in this endeavor. I am truly disappointed in the quality of the work that came out from some very well-known and very highfalutin academics putting their heads together to try and create a view of the world that entices the workforce to be more STEM-oriented, to allow for retraining across industries, to do things rich like uh, create apprenticeship programs mm -hmm. like they do in Germany and other parts of Europe where, um, you know, you start pathing people in high school yep. before they even graduate to say you're more adept at applied versus academic 
and go down that track. Yeah. I'm also very, very disappointed to read what the goals for the future are of this sort of big program that happens to cross federal, state, local boundaries about where money is going to be put into these programs and how private, you know, the private and public partnership is going to play out because this is like 1971, we'd like our year back and there's no innovation in it. There's no thought process of you can take a 50 year old auto worker and retrain them for a green industry because they already have the basics in place of team skills, automation, working with machinery, blah, 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 you know, and sort of repurpose that workforce as well as encourage new people in. There was nothing on DEI, which of course is a personal peeve, but irrespective of that, if this is the way things are, and, and I mean this in the most respectful way, in your country, man, I, I would be very troubled by it, not only because of that's where your tax dollars are going, but because it needs an overhaul in a really big way. Well, that, I think you get very little uh, objection to from at least this court, this, this seat here. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I strongly agree with, with that. Um, statement I, I, I and this is my concern with these boot camps is like we we threw it to private industry to said hey we need a whole bunch more technical people they're doing a whole bunch of for-profit things where they're just throwing people through a, a program that says i need more programmers and it's not Honest. it's not consistent with what with what industry needs but i and this is why the y2k analogy fits right we just needed yeah. people to go search for you know, six digit strings and try and replace them. But we ended up with a ton of people in the industry who weren't, you know, weren't trained formally, weren't that interested in their thing. They just wanted the paycheck. They're closer to medical corpsmen than they are to nurses or doctors. That's interesting analogy. Is the analogy. And I think that's, in my recent experience as an IT manager, when I first started, I started scheduling in-house training sessions for all the IT staff that I presented myself. Um, because what I found when I started uh, working there, got some experience with how people worked is they may knew, know how to make some changes, but not when the best time to make those changes was. They would like make changes on production systems in the middle of the day. Yeah. You know, it could wait till afterwards. They could right. had no idea how to test. Um, they had no idea who who to notify uh, before and after. It was um, that's. Got uh, to I be. did training on routers and firewalls and switches and gave everybody a background in everything. So, but this is like I think it falls on IT management now to uh, train. Is I think is who it's really falling onto now. Hmm. I mean, like documentation. They had no idea how to even do documentation, right? Or well. Well, you know, <laughs> this in one sense, Shane makes the case for Rob's, you know, infrastructure as code, because mm -hmm. you can read code. Um, but it also, I think it's also a generational thing. Yeah. And, you know, not to be disparaging to anyone, but most of us, grew up in in the era where you worked your damn butt off and you made your 
you made it part of your business planning for your career to learn as much as possible cross-discipline, cross-organization. You really put your, your heart and soul into it. Whereas perhaps the workforce that's upcoming, the Gen Z and millennial group, don't care as much. They yeah. want the same work and benefit and ultimate result. They just don't care to put that extra effort in of seeking the mentorship, seeking the guidance and making it, um, oh shit, I got to study tonight because I really don't quite understand what I need to do mm. or I need mm. to go back and review. Whereas we were partially brought up with that mentality of your job is everything. Exactly. So you do what you got to do. One of my interview questions is, what was the latest technical book you read? Right. You know, what did you do? What have you done on your own time to expand your knowledge? I, yeah, I'm, I'm less, less concerned from a generational perspective from that. I, I you know, I, the people, the younger generation people I see who are, you know, interested and passionate about the, these areas from a career wise do have self-study and they, you know, I, 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 I don't, I don't, I, I don't see that as much as, as a, as a challenge. Um, I, I, my, my concern is more that there are people entering the, the market who see programmer salaries as lucrative, as very lucrative and mm -hmm. they want that salary. Um, and, and which is, which is, I don't blame them that we have, we have huge, especially in the U S we have huge disparities in salary based on the training. I I'm just the, the people who excel at this, you know, do have what you were describing. They have the passion and the self-training they have the, they, they want to understand the architecture pieces. They, they don't want to, you know, they're, they're not saying, okay, I now, I now know JavaScript. I'm going to become a UX developer and make six figure salaries doing UX development. Um, and somebody's going to tell me exactly what, what to do and what buttons to push. And I, I think, and then when I go in level further, you look at what just came out with the copilot pieces. And to me, copilot doesn't reduce, it actually makes it more of a problem because now you're like, all right, I, I don't have to do the, the potentially don't have to do understand the coding as much, but your need to understand the meta of what you're doing went up a whole bunch, which is not something right. that you can easily train without going through to your point, the experience and the research and, and, you know, understanding the, the broader context. So it, it, it strikes me that we're actually stretching apart. Like the, the skill set is not the, everybody should learn to code, but learning to code does not make you a programmer. You know, I'm of the opposite opinion. Okay, good. In that I don't think, no, I don't think everybody should learn how to code ah. because I don't think that everybody need, a, needs to know how to code or really understands what it means to be able to program because coding and programming are different in my view. Can you expand on that? That's a really interesting thing. Um, code does not necessarily code teaches you what syntax to use and tries to give you, and, and maybe this is the wrong way to look at it, but 
in my view, it teaches you the syntax. It teaches you how to put lines together to make something function, you know, door open, door close, etc. But it doesn't teach you the logic or the, re the rationale for the logic of programming. It doesn't teach you systems yeah. design or development. Yeah. It doesn't teach you why. It teaches you how. Unless you understand what and why, what the hell is the point of teaching people how to code? That's been my concern about the bootcamp pieces too. You're, you're expressing... Um, and, and it's interesting, like I know a ton of people, especially in like my my kids' generation that are going to boot camps and the expectation that they're gonna fill that role. And and I want them to be successful. I I just not and, and then I would love to see it where AIs help them be more successful at it, but I haven't seen them exactly what you're describing is is getting the meta context in these in those conversations. No, or in this in that training. Yeah. And I, I'd love to hear what other people think, but I mean, I didn't, as you know, I didn't immediately go towards comp sci. I went to engineering mm -hmm. and that that's a whole different, you know, discussion. But when you're in programs like engineering or comp sci, you get to understand that the reason you're using a two by four and putting a nail and a hammer with the two by four is to try and build part of a wall or try and put a, you know, a top plate or a bottom plate on something, you get the bigger picture. You can then translate that into the business context that's needed for people to become successful coders slash programmers slash system designers, architects, blah, 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 blah. Right. I mean, I, well, but, but if you, if from that perspective, then though, using the house analogy when you build a house you have an you have an architect and you you have a you have foreman um run you know do, running the, running the project but you end up you know and this i think is the mentality here is you end up with a whole bunch of people who have to be sheetrock hangers or you know you know putting up you know it put you know nailing the studs in the walls and if you know how to drive nails then you're going to be on the team that's that's putting up the walls that that's the 21st century skill set um but but there's still some skill required for that so you, you not just put the nails in the wall you need to know how far it is acceptable to space those nails um in, in many trades you do your apprenticeship right? yeah um so you you learn you you you're basically shadowing an, an, an experienced person until you you're good enough to do it yourself so, exactly. so the so the so the boot camps are enough to get you to a point where you can begin your apprenticeship in that in that perspective. No, that's enough to get you to qualify to possibly be a pre-apprentice. <laughs> the, the, the way I see it is a boot camp uh, tell teaches you what you uh, what you should do, um, what academic experience teaches you is. What you should not do and why <laughs> so like so sure like a, like a boot can can teach you to to, to, to put nails in, in a wall um a a more uh, academic training would teach you don't put nails in concrete because you'll split the because you split the concrete 
Right. You need to drill and, 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 and put your anchor. <laughs> you might not know how to hold a hammer, but you know not to put the nail where not to put the nails. Right. Exactly. And the, and, and the real world mentorship and or apprenticeship after, let's say, the first year or so will actually teach you, don't put the nail in concrete. And by the way, this is called a stud. It should be 16 inches apart. And that's where you should actually drive your nail. Yeah. And that's what's missing, that, that practical mentorship guidance in in-house teaching, leadership, whatever you want to call it. That's really where I find there's tremendous gaps. And one of my recommendations to that document was you need to start an apprenticeship program that has teeth. It's got certification or licensing or something around it, because that's only going to help any part of STEM going forward. I mean, don't get me wrong. A, a boot camps are not necessarily bad. They're, they're great for lateral experience. If, if you know how to develop in, say, C, uh, and, and you want to learn how to, to write code in, in Java or Node.js, no the expectation is that you already know the, the, the basics. You, you're already familiar with, with software architectures. Uh, so you, you can bring that with you and then go jump straight in the deep end uh, and, and learn the, the, the specifics of the language that, that, that you're picking up. Right. Uh, but, but if you don't know those, those fundamentals in the first place, then a bootcamp is, it's only going to teach you about that specific language and, and, and not the ecosystem around it. It's, I mean, the, the conversations I've had with people who are in boot camps now have been like they're they're getting the basics. They're sort of getting you know a taste of different 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 languages. Um, but yeah, it reinforces what we're saying. They they didn't really understand the whys of what they were doing. Um, I have a I have a slightly different question on this though. Because I, I feel like, and I, this comes up a lot in the automation conversations we've been having, mm-hmm. because programming, like you can teach somebody like React and React has rules and it has some some structures and, and you, they actually can get pretty functional in, in helping do React development. When we look at people who have automation experience, the automation is so variant. Um mm-hmm. And the knowledge, it's, it goes back to the old, you know, people who actually could deal with the, you know, you, you could learn basics on the computer stuff, but if you really get to really understand how all the systems work together to get into another level, another tier. Um, could this work better if we start standardizing as, as things slow? And there's a huge buried cloud 2030 style question in this. Will things slow down to standardize a bit more so that you could actually, or I'm thinking Klaus's point, it's like, all right, we know the walls, the, the, you know, the studs are 16 inches apart because we have, you know, standards and process. And we, you know, everybody's done that that way because that creates conformance that matches with strength that follows regulations, right? I, th- I think the regulations actually say 16 inches now. The studs have to be spaced at least this um, and are we going to get to a, and and 
if we got to a point with IT systems like that, then it would be much easier for people to apprentice through through a program and know the rules, understand that what they had to build because they'd have to stay within those guidelines. Are we progressing to a point where IT systems can be more governed, maybe not by laws, but just more governed and consistent? I think the opposite is the, is the case. Okay. Uh, change is accelerating. Yeah. So, we, so knowing a specific technology uh, is becoming less valuable than knowing the fundamentals and being able to learn how to apply those to a new technology. Completely agree. So the, with so the that fundamentals point. stay the stay the same, and and perhaps we 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 can aim towards like a, a baseline on the fundamentals, but the specifics about the technologies are are, are changing so fast that that by the time you, you finish a like a, a full course in it, it it's obsolete. <laughs> yeah. No, I, that was I was talking to one of the people I boot camp people, and they were learning a whole bunch of Ruby stuff, and I'm like. Really, Ruby's not going to help you. <laughs> yeah. I, I, mean, I, I love Ruby. It, it, it's a it's a lovely language, it, but it's it's dead in the water compared to other ones. Yeah, um, but but I this just is. I, I get that change keeps going, keeps accelerating. It feels like we can never build safe systems if we keep changing them. Right? There's a safety. There's a safety component here that makes me nervous. There's a my thought on what going back a little bit about cloud architect it seems yeah. like we see some references to cloud architects but not too much in the way of cloud engineers um just because yeah. you're there's a big difference between being a cloud engineer and an amazon engineer it goes back to you know are you a cisco engineer or are you a network engineer um just because you know cisco doesn't necessarily make you a network engineer um but to your question rob about you know standardization a little bit at least amazon has a you know the well-architected framework at least there's that some mm. basic components that need to be considered when you're designing uh an amazon cloud but it's like goes into um so scalability reliability performance and efficiency things to consider when you're designing but at least amazon has some basics that people need to consider it's an interesting point you well, make, Richard, and, and that reminds me of, uh, uh, of of what some people told me is that that when, like the when the, when they when it, they they had uh, they they spent some time at, at Google, and according to them, the Google backend code is is a dog's breakfast. So, I mean, Google itself, that they, they're they're infamous for trying to attract top talent. So what is it that's, that leads them to, to have such a talent pool and, 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 and yet have such messy backend code? <laughs> it's, it's, it's difficult. I had a little bit of experience with Google and Amazon, but it kind of goes to if you're a cloud architect for this particular use case, what is better, Amazon or Google or Azure and are even some component of private cloud? You know, so 
I don't really like to reference when somebody says cloud architect, they immediately jump to, oh, I use Amazon for everything. Mm -hmm. A point well made, but I would say, Rob, mm -hmm. let, me, let me take you back one step farther than your initial question, which is uh, your comment about the studs being 16 inches apart. Yeah. Yes, it's regulation, but why was that regulation made? Because buildings were falling down. Uh -huh. If you look at the physics of it, it's about point load. And those regulations were, you know, how much load do, do you have to put on point to be able to have the roof stay on the building, right? I mean, from that from that little picayune detail is where that regulation evolved after several structures collapsed. But that being the case, I would say on the standardization side, I think that the boot camps need, no pun intended, a stronger foundation mm. in building. What are you building? Why are you building it? Who is this building serving, meaning of the code, of the infrastructure, of the server, of the cloud? What is it doing and how do you make it safer, stronger, more effective, more efficient? All of those lovely things that may fall under the word governance or stewardship. I, I think those are important, but I, I believe, and this is the thing I like about standards, is that there's, you know, you can have armies of people who know that studs go 16 inches apart without knowing why they go 16 inches apart and benefit from the fact that if you know where one stud is, you know where the rest of the studs in the wall are. Um, and, and I, you know, right. And this is this, I think goes back even to what Richard was saying about the Google code. Right now, we don't value that particularly much. We, you know, Google, like Google behind the scenes, it's like it has to work. I'm, I'm super smart. I'm going to try and make it better. The idea that I'm going to follow a pattern and it might be less efficient, but I'm following a pattern so the people behind me know where it is. Like, I mean, the, the value of 16 inch studs is, is, is a 50 year value that I can walk into a house and now and, you know, look at, look at the light switches and know where the studs are. Um, and, and hang pictures or not electrocute myself by, by drilling into the walls at the wrong spot, things like that. Um, we're not, we don't have that type of mentality in, in the stuff we're building. Well, yeah. Kind of the analogy but to I that is in yeah. cloud computing is like, do you use multiple availability zones? Do you put your services in multiple regions? That's like the, the foundation of, of cloud. Right. Yeah. As far as selling down the knowledge for, for the people behind me, uh, I think we're kind of moving in, in that direction, though, with, with declarative configuration. Uh, we, we, we've started uh, getting pretty solid at that with, with software. We're mm -hmm. starting to, to, to move towards that with, with infrastructure. Uh, um, the, the, the idea, again, being it, it not only benefits me in, in, in that I know that the state of, of what I've built, but it it also benefits the people coming behind me and, and, and picking up what, what I have, saying like, okay, I have it documented here that this is what, what should be available. In that case, you're giving me more optimism on the bootcamp story. What what 
what I'm actually starting to think through in this is that you need people who are the engineers and the architects to help design the systems. But if we're starting to be able to build them out of more, more modular units or standardized units, you can have people who show up without understanding all, all of that componentry and provide value in the system. They need direction, but, but they could, they can just show up and be like, okay, I, I, I know how to do this work because I'm following a well-laid-out pattern that's been proven safe. Um, and you're also I, opening the door for automation. We can go the, the devil's advocate way and, and continue work going down the road and say that if we are giving the foundation already, aka, for example, in my case, like the declarative configuration of stuff that, that, I've, that I've already deployed, Mm -hmm. Then someone with a bootcamp in, in Terraform, for example, could pick up on that and, and, and make incremental changes and continue maintaining it. They, they still would not be able to, to do it from scratch. Right. Uh, which is what the foundation would give them, like being able to, to architect to, and put the things together to say, okay, like I, I, I need to focus on, on start with the network, uh, deploy my infrastructure, make sure that the security hardening is, is in place, uh, bring up the, my, my instances, uh, and then de deploy the software. Um, the, so if, if I give them the template for that, sure, they, 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 can, they can continue working with it. But, but it, it is not the first step. And, and, and that is what I was mentioning earlier, that, that like a bootcamp is great for lateral, for lateral movement. Like if, if you already know the first steps and, and, and you want to expand laterally in, into, into other areas, then yes, you can use a bootcamp to, to, to accelerate that step. Or, or you can self-learn. Um, yeah, but... But uh, getting into into the field in, in the first place, that requires a longer investment than a bootcamp. Um, I mean, it, it doesn't mean that a bootcamp is useless for, for the first step either. Uh, it, 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 it can give someone who is curious an, enough of a visual to say, okay, these are the things that I'm going to be dealing with on, on, on a regular basis. Do I like this or not? Right. And the same it, it's not the only thing. Sorry, I interrupted. I was going to say in the same analogy of the, you know, this studs being 16 inches apart, that comes from building codes. So maybe what we need is a set of cloud building codes. If you have a boot camp that teaches a building codes, I would see that as a value. That, that would be useful if we had a, a, a if we had cloud providers that were compatible with each other yeah well i mean the, they were doing that with certificates you get a certificate in amazon you're basically saying that you know you've you know the building codes for amazon and these services right that's this is exactly true well i guess i have a, a slightly warped perspective because here in apprenticeship programs, and my son was in one for seven years, uh, 
Um, not because he's slow, but because it takes that long uh, to get qualified. Not only do electricians have to learn their own code, which is specific and Canada-wide, they also have to know all of the building code right. in order to qualify. So the fundamental of the building code has to be taught first. They have to go to school as well as do the OTJ. But I mean, you know, seven years to get one license is, and three years of it is in college, not university, but college. Um, that's a long time with 9,000 hours of work. If we did the same thing in tech for cloud or edge and taught the basics of infrastructure, networking, routing, switching, you know, how to lay cable, uh, what not to do, what to do, taught cybersecurity, taught all of the accoutrements that go around a solid foundation, and then said, now choose the bootcamp to specialize in, we'd be a lot farther ahead. And then, Rob, I think standardization would be a no-brainer. I love what you just said. I, I think that would be a vision for our industry that would be much more healthy on multiple fronts. With that, we're at the top of the hour, and I would love to let that be the last word, Joanne, because I think it was so on point. Um, boy. Have a great vacation. Thanks. Everybody, I'll, I'll talk to you all in two weeks. And uh, this was a great conversation, as always. I, I really appreciate it. So thank you. You're welcome. Take care. Bye. Enjoy. Cheers. Take care. Have fun. Bye. Enjoy yourself. I will. Hope you enjoyed this discussion. Uh, talent and building engineering uh, and computer science capabilities into our workforce is absolutely essential. But we do it almost by accident. Uh, and I think that that is a real challenge. Having a flood of people who have some training on the market does not build safe, resilient, and reliable systems. And fundamentally, these are civilization infrastructure systems that have to have the same type of resilience and robustness that we have for building codes and roads and buildings and consumer products. And until that happens, I'm very worried about the state uh, of the IT industry at whole and what we're building together for everybody to consume. Please join us at the2030.cloud. Let us know what you think. You can be part of these discussions too. Thank you for listening to the Cloud 2030 podcast. It is sponsored by RackN, where we are really working to build a community of people who are using and thinking about infrastructure differently, because that's what RackN does. We write software that helps put uh, operators back in control of distributed infrastructure, really thinking about how things should be run and building software that makes that possible. If this is interesting to you, uh, please try out the software. We would love to get your opinion and, and, and hear how you think this could transform infrastructure more broadly, or just keep enjoying the podcast and coming to the uh, discussions and you know laying out your thoughts and how you see the future unfolding. It's all part of building a better infrastructure operations community. Thank you.